Hello, and welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. And this edition of the Light Reading Podcast is called The Notebook Dump. My name is Phil Harvey. I am an editor here at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. Hey, I'm Jeff Baumgartner, senior editor at Light Reading. Thank you both for being here, and thank you all for listening, watching, and so on. Um, so yeah, the notebook dump, what, uh, the point of this thing is that we are going to look back over the stories of the past week and pick out the things we found interesting and or stupid and talk about them as a group of, uh, salty old journalists or salty young journalists, however, whatever applies. Um, uh, I'm going to start because we had old a- Phil, <laughs> Jeff, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> I'm with uh, you there. Uh, zing. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So uh, this seasoned, week we had an seasoned. iPhone yes, season. Yes. That's what we have to say when we get salt and pepper in our beard, right? And, mm. and not in the yep. food Extra way. Extra salty. Yeah. Mm. All right. Salt and pepper. Uh, had an iPhone launch uh, or an iPhone announcement this week. The iPhone 14. Are we on 14? Yeah. IPhone yes. 14. 14 yeah. Uh, comes with all kinds of new capabilities, new camera, uh, new camera. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, now it can connect to satellite, yeah. Just going to keep saying camera. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, yeah. The, the really interesting bit to me was the Apple's sort of featureization of satellite connectivity. But, there, but it's been a thing uh, that Mike Dano uh, and now Ian Morris have been reporting on for, uh, for months is the whole idea of uh, cell phone companies and uh, service providers becoming suddenly very excited about the idea of connecting uh, smartphones directly to satellites for, you know, albeit narrow band purposes, but it's still um, a, a more of a ubiquitous connection. And then Apple's kind of taken it one step further um, and specified exactly what to do with that in that way that Apple does. Um, <laughs> here's how to think. Yeah. Here's how to think. Here's how you will use this. Yes. <laughs> and enjoy it. <laughs> That's right. You will <laughs> smile. Um, no, smile, actually, you yeah. won't smile because emergency SOS. Don't tell SOS. me to smile more. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. If you're in a car accident, you're probably not like smiling about right. it. Right. Uh, but you'll be yeah, smiling yeah. about the fact that you have this capability inside somewhere. That's true. That's right. You're Beneath like, the oh, how lucky bones. are we? Yes. That's right. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Brutal. Um, but yeah, That's in those situations. That's what we should have called the podcast, Beneath the Broken Bones. <laughs> it could be a, a Game of Thrones recap or something. Um, yeah, that's uh, uh, the product is called Emergency SOS. It's uh, a connection via satellite and integrated software and the way it works is uh iphone uploads or front loads a few questions about the user situation whenever the connectivity is needed and it allows them to quickly connect to a satellite and then relay a message to apple uh folks i'll just call them folks i don't know exactly what the right term is and then they will get you emergency help or uh, send some Grubhub or whatever it is they do, but somehow <laughs> they will... Pizza delivery? Yeah. I mean, that's an emergency. Yeah, right. I'm not Burning Sometimes. Man, and there's like, no man, food hungry. available. <laughs> I wonder how many people are going to use that at Burning Man. But, uh, <laughs> hey, my steampunk blimp just crashed. <laughs> there's um, no food in the desert. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a... there's a um, You know, but but I, I, I guess I applaud Apple uh, uh, quietly for uh, for 
just putting it into immediate context, because I think satellite connectivity has a, has a potential to be wildly disappointing to somebody who's used to 5G or something like that. Um, it's, a, it's a big win for Global Star, the satellite company. Um, in, in Mike Dano's story, he said it expects uh, $185 million to $230 million in revenue from its Apple deal. Um, Which is like what they find in the back of the cushions. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Over I mean, there, it's a, it's a, but for Global Star, whatever, yeah, that's probably a pretty sizable chunk of money. Yeah. Yeah. Significant um, uh, bit of revenue from a single customer and for a product that is likely, you know, like I said, this is a baked in product to an iPhone. So they're going to have to officially come out with an iPhone that doesn't have it or discontinue the service. But that is an ongoing revenue stream where we are led to believe. Um, the, uh, the other kind of strange thing about it, well, in, in Ian's commentary about it, um, it's, <laughs> he, he took the satellite connectivity as, uh, proof that Apple's just completely run out of ideas. Um, I'll read this one paragraph having run out of other ideas and apparently decided 5g is not worth blathering about anymore. Apple has added satellite connectivity to its latest iPhone, uh, the 14 pro for the customer who wants to stream Netflix atop Kilimanjaro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's so sarcastic. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but, but I mean, so, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a reality that both providers and uh, smartphone companies are looking for ways to um, stretch the bounds of their devices and their networks usefulness by incorporating satellite connectivity. Like that's definitely a, a uh, that's definitely the trend. And uh, yeah, it almost feels like it's going to become kind of a table stakes thing with T-Mobile and, and what uh, Starlink and, you know, SpaceX are putting together. You know, it's, it, it feels like this fallback capability uh, yeah, is just going to be integrated in all the phones at some point because all the connectivity will be available. It's just getting it into the, the phone. And, and uh, you know, maybe there is, you know, a degree of comfort, uh, knowing that it's there, you know, uh, yeah. I, peace I, of I, mind and, and, uh, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. I, I think for the, uh, for the, you know, for, uh, for this story or for the show notes here, I'll go ahead and pull together like the seven or eight or 10 stories that we've run about different companies, uh, attempting and, and striking deals on this. And then of course, like you said, uh, T-Mobile Starlink talking about it as, uh, uh, as an eventual, uh, uh, feature of T-Mobile's network. And just so, so that, you know, it's like, we, we hear about these things kind of in a one-off basis. The iPhone of course made a lot of noise because of the, you know, it, 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 because it just drives the smartphone market. But the, uh, but the idea of connecting to satellite phones has been, or connecting phones to satellites uh, has been ramping up very quickly since Mobile World Congress, and a ton of companies have weighed in with different ways. So I, I'll uh, list those articles in the show notes because I think it is interesting to kind of go back through and see just how um, how excited by this the telecom and technology space is, and is it going to be a success, um, so on and so forth. We have no idea. These things are just now uh, getting off the ground and and uh, well and out into space apparently. So um, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what what features they end up unlocking for this, or whether or not it it even makes a difference. You know whether it's just a you know kind of a 
I don't know, a posh feature to have on your, on your phone that, you know, calls the cops for you or whoever. It's like the, what is it? OnStar? It says something, of, something of an OnStar type thing. Yeah. Fun. The one in the, in the cars. Uh, yeah. That's an old GM thing. Um, uh, let's go to Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey, what, uh, what was in your notebook this week or what, uh, what was in somebody else's story that you thought was interesting? Let me see. So this week I wrote about, um, I had fun with this headline. Virginia is for hyperscale data center lovers. Cause uh, Virginia, since the late sixties had um, this slogan that initially started as, you know, Virginia is for mountain lovers or Virginia is right. for beach lovers. And they shorten it to just Virginia is for lovers and take that as you will. <laughs> right. um, but apparently they love uh, hyperscale data centers because uh, Virginia has over a third or 35% of uh, U.S. hyperscale activity, um, especially in Northern Virginia, which is called um, Data Center Alley. So. Ooh. Kind of fun fact. And this was um, all from a Synergy Research Group. They'd been tracking uh, where the hyperscale data centers were um, kind of concentrated over the past year and seeing if there were any major changes. It seems like the answer was no, it's still mostly in Virginia. Um, and then within the U.S. also concentrated on the West Coast, so California and um, uh, Oregon. And then I think Ohio is starting to be a bigger spot. Uh, for those data centers as well. <clears throat> and then interestingly enough, outside of the US in Europe, the Netherlands and Ireland are some of the big spots for data centers. And even though they maybe have um, smaller economies, um, there were a lot of factors that uh, John Dinsdale, the chief analyst at Synergy, mentioned when uh, the hyperscalers consider where to develop these data centers. So, you know, real estate, uh, costs or availability, um, costs, power supply options, uh, oh. local incentives. So there's a lot of things that, that factor into it. Yeah. So now data centers are like, um, like this point of pride now, <laughs> like we have an in and out burger too. And <laughs> all these data centers. You don't have an in and out do you? or a data center. Yeah. yeah that's right. where I live. Uh, yeah. We have Chick-fil-A right. in North Carolina, but <laughs> don't have in and out. <laughs> It's like every so often, uh, I mean, many U.S. cities have done this to different degrees, Atlanta, Austin, uh, but they, they will attract the movie industry and Hollywood and, you know, sort of give a bunch of tax breaks to film companies and stuff like that. And so in their uh, Chamber of Commerce, you know, uh, sizzle reel, they'll have, you know, pictures of famous people making movies and stuff like that. So. I, I'm excited by the, the prospect of Virginia's uh, sizzle reel for the Chamber of Commerce and a bunch of guys, <laughs> what, whatever they do in data centers, <laughs> hang out, uh, staring, staring at each other, <laughs> <laughs> drinking lots of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> talking, uh, talking about playing code. cards. Yeah, <laughs> starting every sentence with "Well, actually, yeah." <laughs> anyway, um, it, 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 it's a um, it, it's quite an accomplishment to have such a concentration. It does kind of uh, uh, it is kind of I don't know scary, I guess, when you think about it. If, if they started calling something data center alley, that means there's a um, I mean, with the extreme weather that we're having, literally everywhere, I, I would think the opposite of 
strategy would be employed. You know, let's uh, let's spread these suckers out as far as we can. <laughs> but yeah, and Amazon's about to build. They like put in a request um, uh, to build a nine like nine hundred thousand square feet. I think it's going to be like two uh, four hundred fifty thousand square foot buildings. Um, in western Prince William County in Northern Virginia. So they're they're still going all in on that area. But like you said, I mean, we had those Google um, data centers and I think it was Amazon too in the UK that shut down uh, a few yeah. weeks ago because of the extreme weather. So yeah. it makes you wonder, um, you know, do you put all your eggs in the same hyperscale basket? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's it's. I I think that's increasingly a, a concern for these companies because they've, you know, like you said, you write off a list of qualifying qualifying things that would get somebody to attract some, you know, company to a geography. But the reality is, you know, they've also got to look at how often does this place flood and mm-hmm. what is the what is the peak top temperature, you know, and how likely because whatever the records are, we've seen, you know, the 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 last ten years have had have been some of the hottest years in recorded history. So it's like, whatever the top temperatures are, you can't count on that to be the, you know, the highest ceiling of, of what you're going to, you know, what you're going to use as far as energy and stuff. I think you've got to kind of build for uh, a a 20 degree swing one way or the other. And, you know, maybe 20, maybe 30. And that's uh, so that, that, that could be interesting. Uh, Yeah. And how old is your utility grid and, is it a smart yeah. grid and um, yeah, 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 all there's, those things. So it's, it's consider now. It's complex, uh, Jeff. What's uh, what, what's what's burning up your notebook this week? Uh, well, I think the the big kind of cable industry thing that occurred actually it was just this morning. Uh, Comcast, you know, came out with introduced a plan to do uh, symmetrical multi gig speeds starting next year 2023 and then uh yeah kind of getting it off the ground and then expanding it to like 50 million homes and businesses by the end of 2025 so with respect to the hfc network you know that's all focused on uh doxis 4.0 and then before all that happens they're going to start putting out or they're launching like two gig downstream speeds with some upstream speed enhancements that'll be initially available to customers on this X5 complete package that bakes in like a gateway and unlimited data and some other things. And, you know, it's all kind of coming together as broadband growth is slowing, at least with the, with the cable guys, you know, because they're seeing a lot of and, and fiber competition and, and fixed wireless access competition is uh, on the rise. So, uh, so that was a big thing. Um, it just feels like, um, you know, they're kind of jumping into the game, doing multi, uh, multi gig with the telcos all jumping on in there. Yep. Uh, quick question or a couple of quick questions in that. Um, this is, this is on the cable network. So this isn't a fiber to the home thing, right? Right. Yeah. This is all on their HFC network. They do have a product called Gigabit Pro that's uh, fiber to the prem. It's very targeted. And I think they're doing like three gig symmetrical on that, but that's, you know, very yeah. small. And this one, is, what, what are the top speeds they're talking about or what's the, when, uh, 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 they have not talked about what they're going to 
I mean, what the docs is for. Multiple gates. Tiers are just, cost. It, yeah, just any. It, but but we're talking, you know, anything over one gigabit per second symmetrical to a house is is pretty amazing, right? Um, yeah, I think that that would uh, probably cover me. Uh, <laughs> despite yeah. uh, all the streaming and any uploads of <laughs> files, yeah, I think that uh, that I'd be well covered. Um, you know, I guess I had to kind of try to figure out some other use cases to kind of make sure I'm getting my uh, the value out of what I'm getting now. Yeah, I'm wondering. This is like a you know, this is like an influencer package or something because it's like it's for people who are just <laughs> hyper hyper yeah. connected and you know running four or five camera feeds and things like that all at once. Um, but right. it's still pretty. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty competitive. I mean, that's a that's a you know a lot of the telco packages even on fiber to the home top out at one gig per second. So that's pretty competitive. Yeah. Now it just feels like uh, just to. For the marketing people, you know, to have something to put out there yeah. in the market and say, well, sure, AT&T is doing multi-gig, but yeah, so are we. And we can do it, you know, we're going to do it yeah. across our whole network uh, here in the, in, in the upcoming years. Now, as far as use cases, yeah, that's not for the most, uh, the vast majority of us. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, uh, anymore, it, it, it probably more people will buy it than you think, I guess, because of the, uh, because of the nature of, uh, you know, consumer broadband and the fact that people work from home or at least split the difference between their office and their home these days. So yeah. it definitely, yeah, it, yeah, it it definitely like has they're... some upside. I'm just, I, I just think it's interesting that they're doing it on the, on the cable network, kind of extending the life of the cable network and also making it a, a you know, an undeniable competitor in the, in the space and not just seeding the ground to fiber. So that's kind of interesting. Right. Yeah. So it looks like they're rolling it out in uh, Colorado, Georgia, and Florida. Is that right? Yeah, I think that um, at least with some of the initial like two gig uh, downstream oh, yeah. piece of it with like an enhanced upstream. Yeah, that's kind of like the precursor to what they're going to be doing starting in in uh, 2023. So they've kind of already identified at least some of the initial uh, targets for this. Cool. Um, well, we'll keep a uh, we'll keep an eye on, or you know, hopefully you'll keep an eye on whatever uh, whatever <laughs> happens try. next in the in the, uh, in the multi gig uh, race. Uh, uh, before we go, anything uh, uh, anything uh, silly or ridiculous you guys want to share uh, before we're uh, uh, wrapping up for the weekend? Oh, uh, I did get a pitch. Anything else in your notebooks? Yeah, I got a pitch about uh, shapewear. And <laughs> I wrote them back and said, take me off your list. <laughs> it's like, hmm, shapewear. Is that like, what is, sh- what what is, is shapewear? That? I don't. Spanx. Yeah. It's basically. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 We're not that high tech. We're just telecom and stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know about the clothing thing. We get on some yeah. weird mailing list. I think there's some PR firms that maybe sell their list to other people or something like that. Something, something oh, yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah. I get a lot of pitches that yeah, have nothing to do with our beats, but, you know, sometimes they're fun. Uh, I get a yeah. lot about the Hallmark yeah. Channel, and then I think the Hallmark Channel, like, released some different types of wine, which Ooh. I guess they're like, oh, we know our audience is women 35 to 55, <laughs> drinking mm-hmm. wine, watching our uh, holiday specials. <laughs> Yeah, did you take them up on it? <laughs> did you buy a case? 
<laughs> I was like, hmm. That's <laughs> awesome. Whole no, I haven't wine. bought it yet. <laughs> it's probably oh muscadine wine, which is gross. But Yeah. Just a bunch of weeping in Christmas movies. It's a great. <laughs> there, we did we did come across some uh, some Game of Thrones wine, but I think it's you know some other winery. You know they just relabel it and, and uh, made from the blood of your enemies. Yeah, like yeah. what's in there? Just, HBO, you know, gets their Warner Media or Discover, whatever they're called these days. Yeah, it gets a little kickback for the licensing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> That's just such a bad idea. Well, I say it's a bad idea. They're probably, you know, selling it by the caseload. So what do I know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. And Game it of Thrones, sounded... you, you got to have a taster, you know, it might be poison because, you know, it's, it's true. targeted yeah. for a head of oh, state. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. If anyone says, hmm, this pie is dry. Yeah. <laughs> better be careful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still need to watch the new, um, was it House of Dragon uh, series? Yeah. yeah. I've been saving it. You haven't it. started yet? No, I was no. trying to finish. I know I'm like t- three years late, maybe trying to finish the Mandalorian because we finally got Disney plus and then um, there's just so much to watch. Well, Star Wars stuff is timeless. So you can, you yeah. can come back to that anytime. Okay. It's always a galaxy far, far away. The galaxies <laughs> never get closer and it never gets sooner in time. It's, it's <laughs> always long ago, always far, far away. You can come back to it anytime. Um, I guess the same holds true for Game of Thrones, though. It's not like that's contemporary either. So yeah, that was a long time ago too. That's right. true. Yeah. In Westeros, detective shows, however, I, I I've only watched detective shows where they still use flip phones. That's that's the Wire. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the Wire. Oh, like watched The Wire. Well, they had um, yeah. beepers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, have a beeper, yeah. A beeper or a flip phone, or I'm not McNulty interested. Uh, and the beeper, yeah. <laughs> I do want to see some some plot device. Okay, that maybe that's the ending question. Do you think do you think the SOS uh, thing from Apple will be used in uh, a motion picture, and how soon do you think this will be uh, incorporated? Oh, like it's got to be. It's got to be like uh, you know, going back to what Ian was talking about. Maybe some mountain climbers, and you know, they they get yeah. stuck in a snowstorm, and and uh, you know, how do you get connected or, you know, you're out on a raft, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think so it's going to be like question, a survival thing, survival thing. Yeah. The, the better question is, it, is it likely to show up in a motion picture first or on Saturday Night Live? I guess. It's oh, there. yeah. What I would love to see is somebody go back and edit it into old movies where it could have like <laughs> solved it within the first few minutes, like put it right. in a castaway into yeah. Lost. What else? Yeah. Uh, cliffhanger. That's one of my favorites. I know. Castaway. Tom Hanks would have only had like a two day growth and then he would have been rescued. He would be like, Wilson, I got this. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson, I'm going to play Wilson. two games of Angry Birds and then the plane will be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's not as dramatic. a movie. I mean, I don't know how to write a movie oh. score to that. It's uh, It's got to be yeah. more dramatic. But, <laughs> Problem uh, but solved. Have... <laughs> yeah. Lost might have been a lot shorter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. For sure. <laughs> Before yeah. the writers yeah, wrote themselves into a corner, yeah, they could have figured something else. Boy, yeah, all we need is a satellite, with a satellite connectivity. Yeah. They moved the <laughs> island around. It might have. Yeah, uh, might have been satellite connection. A little more challenging. Yeah. 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 Oh, they could have. All right. Well, let's uh, let's leave it there. It's yeah. time for us to wrap up. Uh, that is the notebook dump uh, for Friday, September 9th, twenty twenty-two. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. 
Have a great weekend.